Hey, what's up? It's Roger, and this is the Part-Time Artist Podcast, episode 105. Um, Sunday, May 26, 2019, the day before Labor... No, fuck, not Labor Day. Memorial Day. Uh, yeah, so we made it, dude. Summertime is just around the corner. It's a matter of days, probably. Uh, well, it's always probably a matter of days, but we're pretty much there. I mean, the weather is pretty much there. Not a lot of in-between weather anymore. Not a lot of uh, the transitions. But it is what it is. So, you know, um, boy, I battled through a rough week, like, this week was, I don't know, like mentally, uh, physically, emotionally, like one of the roughest weeks I've had in a long time. I, I actually got the nerve to do a podcast, but then I just ended up feeling, <laughs> I think I just got on the mic and just started, uh, I don't know, like whining or, uh, you know, complaining and I was like dude this is like a this is like a, a therapy session of me just talking to myself so I was like yeah this is not that interesting but I mean I'm, we all get there right I mean hopefully I think that's a problem is for me personally I just I just feel like I internalize a lot um I don't really speak up about most things unless like someone kind of directly asked me about it. And even then I'm just like, uh, thinking about a way to summarize everything so I don't have to get too in depth, but here we are. Um, and things are turning around, you know, I kind of like figured out, you just got to figure out a way to get through it without doing too much damage to yourself or to your life. And uh, I think I slipped up a little bit. I was like, I was smoking a bunch of cigarettes and staying up late when I didn't need to, just trying to get some, f feel some fulfillment from doing things on the internet, which is, uh, yeah, walking on a tightrope, definitely. Um, but fought through it, you know, um, and uh, last night was really fun. A very good conclusion to the week. Definitely turning everything around. Uh, seeing the so-so glows again. Um, jump, jumped on stage and sang a song with them, which really comes full circle because I didn't know who they were like until like two years ago. So... My history with the Soso Glows is um, uh, in 2017, around January, December, like the winter time. Uh, Dad buys a couple tickets to Bash and Pop, which is Tommy Stinson's uh, not new band, but I guess newly reunited band. And Tommy Stinson uh, was the bass player for the Replacements and. Guns N' Roses for a long time. 
So really, <laughs> really great music career. Uh, so obviously he's involved in a project and dad's a huge fan of those bands. So he gets a couple tickets to them in Philly. Um, and he, and one day he comes up to me and he goes, you know, um, check this band out. This is the band opening up for Bash and Pop in Philly. And I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm just kind of along for the ride. He buys a couple tickets. So I was like, yeah, sure. We'll go. I'll drive, you know? And, uh, he shows me the video for uh, Lost Weekend. And I'm wondering if, if I even do a podcast about this because this was 2017 and it's the winter time so I'm wondering if I've even told this story before um but anyway um if you're if you followed the podcast for a long time you can probably go back there um I think I did a podcast um that was right around the that was the time I bought my van actually December of 2016. So I probably did a podcast about getting the van and um, going to Philly and seeing the so-so glows. But anyway, um, so he puts he puts this video in front of my face and he says, check this out. You know, this is the band opening for Bash and Pop. And at first I was, I was like, holy shit. Like if you guys see this video there's so much going on there's all of these it's so professionally um shot there's all of these crazy like clips of new york and things that happened in new york and then there's these shots of the band like on the rooftops and climbing and playing and and walking around new york and it's just it looks fucking sick and I watched it like more than once just because the first time I was just I was just staring at the video and and you know because because it was so like captivating and then the next couple times I was like paying more attention to the actual song and I was just like dude this is fucking cool like everything about this is fucking cool um so we go to Philly, we um, we watch the Glows and Bash and Pop, and to be honest, dude, the the Glows like uh, I don't know, they made Bash and Pop seem a little weak <laughs> because their energy was a lot different. And um, after the show, I walk over to the merch table and I start. I start talking to one of the guys in the band. It was uh, the drummer. And I take um, I take a look at the album that Lost Weekend is on. And I see the back of it. And it says Shea Stadium Records. And Shea Stadium was um, a huge like uh, DIY spot. Like it was a warehouse or a loft in Brooklyn that was like totally a scene, right? And I say the past tense because it has since been shut down for a while. Um, and uh, like so many bands have played there and stuff. It's just like total historical spot. And I was like, wow, these guys, 
got on Shea Stadium Records. I didn't even know Shea Stadium had a record label. That's awesome. I wonder if I could do that because I've been, you know, making all my CDs by hand in my dad's office, you know, and just doing it all myself. I would I would kill to be on a record label, let alone a label like this with these guys who are so cool. And I'm talking to the drummer and I was just like, dude, how did you guys get on Shea Stadium Records? That's so cool. I've been there. And he's just like, and he kind of laughs at me. And he goes, uh, yeah, we kind of made that up because <laughs> uh, Shea Stadium is like our home. Like we live there. And I was just like, are you, are you kidding me? And he's just like, yeah, we kind of made these CDs ourselves. And I was like, holy shit, like these guys are doing like the same thing I'm doing and they're at like, and they're at this level, they're playing this huge place opening up for this like legendary dude. Like, wow. Because there's not a lot in life that will assure you that you're doing the right thing. Because even people telling you, like, you're doing great. Like, wow, I can't believe you did that. It's it's their opinion. So, especially for me, like, people tell me all the time, you know, they'll give me compliments or they'll give me feedback, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's like, whatever I have in my head, whatever goal I want to do, like, that's how I know I'm getting shit done. So anyway, for them... For them to do something that I had been doing, like, you know, just, I guess they, they kind of took it to the next level because they made up their own record label. I didn't do that. <laughs> I just didn't put anything. I just, you know, because I was doing it myself, but it's a good, it's a good fucking idea. But, um, um, it was just like inspiring like you can get to this level by just doing it yourself. You don't have to sign to a label. You know, you don't have to uh spend all your efforts like trying to get out there, trying to get hooked up, just play your play your tunes, make your CDs and just get out there and and don't quit and shit. So it was like it was really inspiring. I don't really quite know how to articulate it, but I just was definitely looking up to those guys and their video was so professional and their album packaging was professional. Like everything looked really good. Their show was great. They sounded good. And I was just, and that conversation that I had with that drummer, I was like, at that time, Knucklehead, the dream hadn't come out yet. I don't even know if I started recording it yet. Um, I don't I don't know where I was in that process but I definitely knew in the back of my head that I was like man I really want to be on a record label for this album and I wanted to pitch it and shit and and talking to them I was just and talking to I uh the drummer Zach I was just like fuck that like I'll just do it the way I want to do it and then do it myself and yeah it's going to be a lot more work but it's going to be what I want. <laughs> um, so they've since been over the past couple of years, just a huge inspiration to me. And um, obviously running into them um, at some shows we played with Stringer and 
getting, you know, covering them at the Warp Tour and running into them and, you know, having exchanging a few words with them over the past couple years ultimately led to me jumping on stage and singing a little bit with them, which was the coolest thing for me. And it's just so crazy to go from like two years ago or whatever and dad putting that video in my face and showing me who this band was to like, you know, a couple years later standing on stage with them and singing one of their songs. It's like, it's pretty cool. So definitely a good way to get out of, uh, the blues that I had this week. Uh, so we're gonna play a cool, uh, so, so glow song from that blowout record. This song is called dizzy. Check it out.
Dizzy off of the blowout record, the So So Glows. So let's backtrack a little bit. Um, so last weekend, um, I went on a, a camping training, which is something I haven't really done, um, um, is go camping. I, I haven't really done that since I was like a kid, right? And uh, when you're a kid, you think it's so extreme, but it's actually pretty basic, right? Like almost everything you do. Ooh, ooh. And um, so my boss at work signs me up for this uh, camping hiking training just in case um, I do some things with uh, my summer ca- summer camp group. Uh, we're, we're trying to get uh, the kids this year for summer camp to do uh, more outdoor type stuff, um, break them out of the city a little bit. So she wants all of us to get trained in, in hiking and camping so that we can, uh, you know, teach, teach the kids and do things the right way. So I go out there for, let's see, three nights and four days, four days, three nights, uh, to upstate New York at this place called Harriman State Park, I believe, which is a part of the Appalachian Mountain Club and the program that runs in the Appalachian Mountain Club is called the Youth Opportunities Program, which is more specific to how you train youth or, yeah, like how how you train youth, how you do activities with youth in terms of camping and hiking. Um, So, um... And uh, they actually took a bunch of uh, pictures, so I'll actually add a little photo album to uh, the Facebook page if you follow it. It's facebook.com slash official Roger Walsh. Um, Twitter is official Roger W. Um, I don't have an Instagram. (laughs) It's just those two. So I'll add a photo album to Facebook. If I can do that on Twitter, I'll try to figure that out too. I'm not quite sure. Not good at Twitter twitting um but anyway um so you can see uh what i did and follow along so so i get there and i show up and uh i don't really know what to expect to be honest i wasn't really supposed to be doing it um there was a different person at my job that signed up and she had to back out at the last minute and my boss was like can you go and i was like well i can i don't want to but i will so um First day we show up and we get equipment. Um, so <laughs> we'll go through this, uh, you know, photos if you want to, I don't know, like a visual audio slideshow, whatever. I'll just plow ahead. Uh, so we get there, we get our equipment. Um, they take our cell phones because we don't have service anyway, so... Uh, the first thing we do is we go on like a night hike, which I don't think we have any pictures of because, uh, well, actually, that's not the first thing we do. That's at night. We show up in the morning. We get our equipment, and the training begins. They teach us how to pitch a tent, tie some knots, put up a tarp, like all these things, and then and then we eat, and we're kind of hanging out with one one another. We're we're learning some new games to play. They're saying, you know, everybody get in a circle, you know, let's do some icebreaker games and this and that, the name game, all these, all this type of shit because we're trying to do this 
to keep it in perspective, we're trying to learn these things so that we can reciprocate it with kids or whatever. Um, and then after we do all those trainings and activities, we go on a little night hike. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then we sleep in cabins the first night because uh, we didn't pitch the tent. So the next day we wake up and uh, we do the same thing. We eat breakfast. We talk. We plan out what we're going to do. And, uh, and I think we pitch the tents first. So that when we got back from our hike, we had the tents already to go up. So uh, we pack a lunch, uh, we pitch those tents or whatever, and then we go on our hike, and that's kind of where the photos begin, I think. Uh, we go on a, not not too long of a hike. I thought, I thought the thing was going to be a little bit more extreme than it was. I think the first one was only like a three-mile hike or so. A um, little bit of rain, uh, but you know, overall not, not too bad, um, for the first hike. And then we get back and then we have to cook dinner and we're learning how to cook outdoors too. So there's probably, there's a picture of me like cooking on like this gas powered, like mini stove, um, uh, to cook dinner on. And, um, yeah. And then, and then we do some more, uh, activities, games, learn more shit. And then we sleep in a tent the first night. And uh, so I guess that would be f last Friday night. Not like two days ago Friday, but the Friday before that. Uh, so we sleep in a tent that night. I slept in a tent with two other dudes. Um, wasn't too bad, but they said it was a four-person tent. Definitely not a four-person tent, man. Um, and the tent was on um, a wooden platform because it's for like training purposes. I guess if you pitch a tent in the same area like over and over and over again, you're really going to fuck up the ground. So they just put like a like a wood deck on top of it so that people could pinch tents on it over and over again. Uh which surprisingly wasn't that uncomfortable. I guess I was used to it cuz I have an IKEA mattress. <laughs> um but uh, you could probably see from the pictures that did not really sleep too great the first night. Um, I had to make a pillow out of my laundry. Um, and the biggest challenge for that first night was the temperature. It was hot, then it was freezing, and then somehow I wound up sweating. So that was weird. And then we wake, wake up, we cook breakfast, and then you know, we're back on, on a hike. Um, the next hike was about, was a little, was like twice as long, a little bit more intense cause we don't need to be, uh, home for anything. Um, uh, yeah, we get up to like this tower or whatever. Um, and we get some views of like, I guess the park or whatever. And, uh, what else to say? Um, just getting some survival tips. You know, we had to put our shit in a bear box because <laughs> apparently there were, there were bears around there. Um, I don't think bears are like that uh, <laughs> like popular, but they're, they're there, you know? You don't want to take any chances. We had to put like anything that had a scent 
we had to put in in basically like a giant safe that bears couldn't open and uh we dealt with some raccoons a little bit uh but just learning how to survive and you know although i'm there to to learn how to do these things with kids this summer for me i was learning how to survive like some more survival tips because i went out the last podcast i did i talked about going on the road by myself sleeping in the van trying to get acclimated to that to being a you know a road warrior being on my own for a long time and uh this was kind of like both of those things you know being in the van on the road the open mic tour and the camping trip kind of um just learning how to survive i guess out here in america in the different environments walmart camping versus uh tent camping <laughs> uh yeah so um you guys can check that out um uh on the facebook page all the pictures and shit uh so the next tune we're gonna get into uh this is a survival song and uh if you go and look at those pictures you'll understand why i chose to <laughs> play this band but this is uh this is suicidal tendencies this is an old school song this song is called built to survive check it out
All right, so that's uh, Built to Survive, uh, Suicidal Tendencies off of the Freedom album from 1999. Um, And uh, a little history, I'm going to keep it short uh, because I did enough talking for this podcast, but that Freedom album had a song on it called Psycho Vision, which, um, wow, there's a lot of things going to come full circle about this. Okay, so... Psycho Vision, the first time I heard it was I was playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater at my cousin's house in his basement. And Tony Hawk's Tony Hawk game games, if you're a child of the nineties, uh how could that not influence you and your musical taste if you had those games? Those soundtracks were incredible. Um yeah, that was the first time I saw, I heard Suicidal Tendencies. My dad had the record, which was insane because, yeah, I guess just like you learned earlier, my dad pretty much puts me on to all the music I know about. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and the weirdest part was the graphic, the cover of that Freedom album uh, is in, I think it's the school what would you call that? The school level of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? I don't know. The When you go, when you play at the school, I think that's a mural there, is that the cover of that album. So when I saw that cover, um, I don't know, like years later, I was like, oh shit, that's the thing from Tony Hawk. And then on that album, I found Psycho Vision. So I was like, fuck, this is like a real band. Because I don't know, that was, I don't know how old I was when I, came out as 92 so maybe like fucking i must have been like less than 10 right so at that time i i thought like video game music like that music was only in the video game like you couldn't hear that on the outside i don't know being a kid you just don't know about these things so when i heard that that was in the video game in the real world i was like oh shit all this i can find this music in the real world um and so, wow, that 1999 and it's 2019, so that's like exactly 20 years ago. Um, okay, so let's play the next band. And this next band, okay, uh, this song is almost 20 years old, but this next band, the first time I heard them, was also in Tony Hawk. Is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Um and <laughs> coincidentally, it was a game that my dad bought. So that was technically my dad's video game. So it, again, he uh, is putting me on the music without even trying it. And um, uh, the soundtrack on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4, oh my God, look it up. It's insane. But um, uh, what was on that one? It was Seneca Falls was on that one, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm talking about the distillers. And just recently, a few, a, a few weeks ago, we covered the distillers uh, as Knucklehead. And uh, I just posted that video on the Knucklehead Facebook page and YouTube, which is all, I think, at Knucklehead Punks, P-U-N-X, if you want to hear that. Uh, but this song, and the Distillers are playing on Wednesday, so I'm getting getting excited. That's my favorite band. We're going to play two of my favorite bands, So So Glows and the Distillers. Favorite East Coast band, favorite West Coast band right now. 
and those two are definitely the next knucklehead shit that comes out is going to be pretty much influenced by those two bands um all right so uh this song is called uh world comes tumbling down rip on (laughs) 